Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. American Radio's Daily Defense. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, because they don't want me to, that's why I do it. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. From the Sig Sauer Studios, on the Daniel Defense Platinum Microphone. They're never going to stop us here. Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark Walters. Fighting the enemies of freedom today and every day. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom, sitting in front of this Daniel Defense powerful and platinum microphone today across the country. Sig Sauer Studios lit up here at AAR Ranch. Welcome in with me. It is a Friday, and I would normally be telling you it's Greg's favorite day, but Greg is out today, so maybe we'll just talk about him because there's an old saying if you ain't around, we're talking about you. But we won't do that to Greg because we love Greg. He'll be back on Sunday. Welcome in, guys. We're going to go to our guest right off the cuff. And this gentleman is going to be hosting the show for me in the first hour of the broadcast every day next week. You know him as Bill Frady from Lock and Load Radio, a very good and dear friend of mine, longtime friend. Bill, how are you, my friend? Well, I, I was kind of, I'm kind of having second thoughts about not going to SHOT Show, but since I have committed... <laughs> I, I will be staying back. Yes, I will. So, so you're, now you're making me feel bad. Why? I, now I don't. Ha- I don't have to fly. I don't have to. I don't have to put up with none of that nonsense you get to put up with. Yeah, there's a it, lot it, of it not, there too, isn't it? Yeah, there's. A, I mean, that's always what? a bad week, especially. I mean, at Atlanta Airport, where you're going to kick off from. As an origin point, it's not bad. Believe it or not, uh, people seem to think that it's Atlanta because most people will fly through it, right? And then they've got to march, right. you know, two miles back and forth or try to, to catch a connecting flight. I get dropped off at the Internet. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I get dropped off at the domestic terminal, go through security, and I go right to my gate. And I believe it or not, when I land, I can be in my car in 15 minutes. I kid you not. Well, it's it's remarkably my, easy as an origin airport. It really is. My experience is always a connecting flight. And they always, you always land on the opposite side of the horseshoe gate that you need to be on. So then you got to get on the underground train and travel how many miles? I don't know. And then you get there and you're running there. And then you get there with five minutes before boarding time. And then they got to kick five people off the plane because they're overbooked. Well, there so, is that. You enjoy you enjoy, you enjoy those flights. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do the best I'll I can. Be, I'll well, just nor- be sitting here keying up and coming into your audience here like this. Well, we're going to have some fun. Hey, you know what? You have you've hosted the show. You've been a guest. We've known each other a long time, but I don't know that people really know who you are. I, I mean, I want to get into. Let's get into a conversation of who is Bill Frady. How did you get into this? You tell tell me about your radio career and the gun side of it. Because you've been doing this a very long time. You've got a very popular show, Lock and Load, been around a long time. You also host a local station in South Carolina. Tell us about that background. So uh, when 
when I got out of the military, I went into the route business and I delivered things for 20 years. And a lot of people tell me along the way, oh, you really ought to be in radio. And I would joke with them about, uh, you know, well, as soon as they're taking applications, you let me know. And one day, the guy who had helped me get my mortgage on my home, he only did he only did uh, mortgages for veterans. He was trying to buy a car. And the guy that he was trying to buy the car from, was it turns out he was a sort of a leftist ideologue. But he was on the radio. And he was in one of these pay-for-play or pay-to-play kind of things. And um, he said, well, I'll tell you what, if you'll, I'll, I'll pay, pay you what you want for the car if you'll listen to this voicemail that I had left him. So he invited me to come down, and I, I got behind the mic, and I was smitten with it. I, unfortunately, I was the lone conservative at the former home of Air America. Do you remember that little field? Wow, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I landed in that. And... That was when Fast and Furious was beginning to be known. This is right after David Codry had let it be known, although I didn't know who David Codry was. The only guy that would answer the phone when I was looking for somebody to come on and be a guest was Larry Pratt. Well, Larry Pratt, of course, was the executive director of Gun Owners of America for many, 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 many years. Yep, yep. So for the next two years after that, I had him on once a month. And then even though they, with the, uh, the the radio station I was at, WOIC, 1230 AM, very old. I used to listen to that when I was a kid, Yeah. when, it, when they played music. Um, they were not real wild about me in there. And they kicked me out of the studio and thought I was done, but then I built the first studio I'd ever, I would ever use. And then uh, in the end, I was just booted. So I went to Larry Pratt, and I said, listen, you know, they've got this NRA TV thing, and they got this Cam and, Cam and Company thing and out there. Would you be interested in letting me do a webcast podcast for you? And he said, yeah. So that's where it took off. And then then uh, he was already syndicated. He, does a, he did a show called Gun Owners News Hour, which mm-hmm. uh, that's, that, was, that was a very old show. That predates me. Does it predate you? Uh, yeah, it does. I think it was in it the definitely early, does. early early decade of the 2000s. Um, he was already syndicated, so the syndicator that was IRN USA, they, they quote-unquote signed me. They never got me a, an affiliate or anything. They were actually sort of busy looting the company at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it so, happens. <laughs> um, we, ended up, uh, we ended up moving to another uh, fly-by-night network, and then we both ended up at Gen- uh, Genesis Communications. And here you are. And that was, and here I am. And now that's that's the syndicated show, which uh, the I have one feather in my cap with that. I did win an award from uh, Second Amendment Foundation for Defender of Liberty. I think they give out. I wasn't the only Defender of Liberty, but I was recognized, and that was that was that was pretty big for me. And uh, yeah, now I do a local. I also have a local radio show. I went from no radio shows to three because I also inherited inherited Gun Owners News Hour when Larry Pratt unfortunately fell to Sasha Baron Cohen and that little Kurt Pluffle. Mm-hmm. I got that now, one. And then he, now he has I since retired, show. right? I, I've known Larry for many yeah. years. Haven't spoken to him a while. Of course, Eric, his son has taken over gun owners of America, but right. he retired shortly after that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and, when uh, he took everything. They, yeah. Well, I mean, he had, a, he had, a, I mean, the show itself was uh, it was a decade plus old. 
It had affiliates at the time. It still got affiliates today. I mean, it still has a very good following. They were very nice. The, the audience there was very nice to accept me. I'm not Larry. I, I don't look at things the way Larry does. I'm a little more, a little more hot-headed when it comes to certain things. Larry's much more measured than I ever will be. And the, the, the show that I have now, with, in addition to those two, with WORD in, in Greenville, South Carolina, it's called Straight Talk. It's on a 100,000-watt station, and it uh, reaches almost to you where you're at in Georgia. So you're, you're a little bit further past Atlanta, but it gets into, I go as far as Knoxville, Charlotte, Columbia, South Carolina, and down into Georgia. So it's a fairly regional-type show. So Yeah, I think I can yeah. pick that up from time to time, you know. So was the gun thing, did, did you always want to get into the gun thing? Was that your stick at the time you got into radio? Was that where you wanted to go? So my, my uncle, my uncle Harry, who is still with us today, although he is, uh, he's getting, he, he has age. My uncle Harry was like a, a very well-known silhouette shooter. You know, the old silhouettes of the, of the yeah, turkey, yeah. the pigs and everything. And, uh, he, when, uh, in the mid eighties, when Glock was just coming out, he went to the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division and talked them into trying Glock. And when they adapted, when they adopted Glock, Gaston Glock came to South Carolina, to the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division with five special Glocks, serial numbers one through five. And my Uncle Harry got one of those from Gaston Glock's hands himself. And he was always involved in, in law enforcement. He was more of a target shooter than I am. Um, I'm more of a my, my shooting is all geared towards self-defense, and, you know, I'm not a hunter or anything. And I, I had a military background, and I've always been a – the handgun part of it is just – it's it's a challenge. It's like being a golfer with no golf clubs and trying to be a good golfer with no golf clubs <laughs> versus a rifle, which, you know, lots of people can shoot rifles, and it's easier to shoot a rifle because it's a longer weapon. But, you know, along the way, as I looked at it, I – you know, the, the longer I delved into it, when for the two years that I was having Larry as a guest on the show down in Columbia, I realized that everything that the left does about gun control is every, that's the same template for everything they want to push. Mm-hmm. So, looking at that and seeing that, I was like, well, the only way to resist this is going to be with the Second Amendment. So I just, you know, I just sort of narrowed my focus and just came into this. And boom, here we are today. Ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to take our first break. I wanted to let you know really who Bill is. Many of you have heard Bill, may have may listened to his show now. I hope you listen to his show. Bill, we'll give you plenty of time to tell people where to do that with all the radio uh, programs that you have going on right now and everything that you're doing. And, of course, Bill will be sitting in the seat for me next week while I am attending a shooting, hunting, and outdoor trade show. And, Bill, we appreciate that very much. And thank you for coming on the program today to kind of set that up for everybody. We'll get into some gun control issues here in just a moment because the left ain't going away, folks. We'll be right back with Bill Frady. Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. Daniel Defense is freedom, passion, and precision. I'll be uh, meeting with Daniel Defense on Tuesday, actually, and again on Wednesday evening in Vegas at the Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show, and a lot of other vendors 
and it's a great opportunity to do some networking out there once a year. Bill Frady, welcome back in, my brother. It's hard for me to believe that the year has gone by. You know, you and I talk about SHOT Show every year when it comes up, and you blink. You know, and you've known me a long time. My first show was uh, 2000. Well, you know, I also got married in 2000, so I get myself in trouble at every anniversary, wedding anniversary. I said to my wife, how long have we been married? She goes, what year is it? And that's how long we've been married, because it's pretty easy to do the math. But I've been attending SHOT Show for many, many, many years. I actually went to my first shooting and hunting and outdoor trade show representing a holster company called Side Armor. I don't know if you've ever heard of Side Armor. They had some pretty cool cutting-edge modular stuff at the time. I don't think they're still around, but it's been a long time. And uh, you were able to broadcast out there one time as well. Uh, You know, know, because that trip is, it's a lot of work. Okay, that's a huge convention. It's a ton of work for me when we're out there. Every time I get back on that flight to come home, the first thing I say, and I will say it out loud on the flight, is, damn, 358 days, and i got to do this all over again, right? Lugging all that stuff out there, and boom, here it is, 358 days later, yeah. man, and, and shot is upon us. Um, but your thoughts on that show as far as how it's changed and evolved with the way the industry has changed and evolved over the years. What's your what's your take on that on that trade show? Because it has morphed. You know, you and I both remember when that's when all the brand new stuff was released and everybody could come in and see it. And it's not open to the public. It's open for dealers, vendors, et cetera, employees, the exhibitors. It's not open to the public like an NRA show. It's not like a boat show. We can't just buy a ticket and come in. So it's kind of industry specific. It's inside baseball. But we used to be able to go in and see. I mean, I remember standing when Caltech released the KSG shotgun, the bullpup years ago right i got in line and that line snaked all through that building because they were releasing it for the first time at shot and you know what's interesting i have one of the original five serial numbers of that firearm in my safe one of the five that were actually on display at at the shooting hunting and outdoor trade show but your thoughts on shot what does it mean to the industry how's it morphed how's it changed well it's gotten really really big i mean for some people uh like I, the the thing that I used to get the biggest kick out of was I was always I would always get invited to uh, breakfast with CZ, and mm-hmm. they would always be tabled right beside Brownells, and Lou Ferrigno would always be having he would always be there with Brownells, so I'd be sitting beside Lou Ferrigno having breakfast, and that's when you yeah that's when you find out how big the gun community is because of the people you see there that you see on TV or you've seen them in something else and they show up there for this because that's you know, the gun community is their demographic, which sometimes you don't do that math. I have not been to it in the multi-venue format, so I don't know yet what it's like to have to go both to the Sands and to Caesars. And my understanding is there is there more than one build, more than two buildings now they're having to use? Or? Yeah, and let me, let me just say this. Uh, that's probably not a bad thing because I can't get to all of it. Now I'm going to try this yeah. year because I won't be, I won't be broadcasting. And I'm not going to be required to be in a particular location for many hours. And I'm going to be moving through the show this year. But, yeah, it's multiple venues, and it's very difficult to get to everything. There's been a couple years past I didn't even realize that other side was even open. I mean, that's how big it is. I I think it's the seventh largest trade show in the world now. So, But it's gigantic. The main floor that's down there where all of the great – all of the, I guess, established vendors are, that's, that's, that's where you can spend a lot of your time. But, I mean, the time that I was on Radio Row, that whole week, I was only on the floor twice. I mean, it was all-consuming doing that because right. when yeah. shot, SHOT Show is from sunup to sundown, 
It's just one rapid blur. And that's if you're just sitting in one place. If you're having yeah, to go around you know, that you're the not, networking. Yeah, you're going to have to target everything you go to because you're yeah. just not going to be able to cover the space. It's impossible to do. It's impossible to do when you're working and broadcasting there for the week. It's impossible because your time is spent there. I'm already getting text messages now. Hey, Mark, I'd like to come on the show. Of course, I've mentioned that I'm not going to be there broadcasting this year. So it's a relief for me, actually, uh, to be able to. I'm actually looking forward to going and not having to lug Pelican cases with me with you know thousands of dollars of radio gear and, and uh, getting it from point A to point B. It's, it's kind of a hassle. But. At the same time, the the freedom to be able to see some of the new manufacturers, some of the new, uh, some of the new items, some of the new accessories. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just guns. While there are a lot of them there for obvious reasons, it's a lot of accessories. It's a lot of peripherals as well. It's um, it, it, you get to see some really new, innovative stuff. Uh, one of which I'll be yeah. talking about next week. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet, but I was speaking with uh, with the founders yesterday. And we'll be hearing from them on the show. Great stuff. So we'll get some really fun reports when I come back from the show, Bill, this year on some of the firepower that's out there for consumers that's, that, is, that is being released. My only concern with that show is that if it gets too big, you can't get to all of it. Well, that, that kind of defeats the purpose a little bit, I think. But we're going to give it a whirl. Yeah. We're going to give it a whirl coming up Monday. It's going to be very busy. And I will tell you one thing, as I get older, that three-hour time change out there just crushes me as I'm moving through that floor. Because, uh, Bill, as you mentioned, you know, it, it's a 24-7. It's sun up to sun down. A lot of that is because it's Vegas, yeah. right? Vegas is sun up to sun yeah. down anyway. But nonetheless, like where I, what I'm doing, if you're staying at the place the venue is held like I am, I won't see sunlight or daylight or fresh air for five days because everything is there. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm going to leave to go to a couple appointments that are off-site, which is nice. But that's how big that thing is. And then most of the business, ladies and gentlemen, is actually done at places like the Circle Bar at the Venetian. You can find CEOs of companies all day, all night long. And it is truly a nonstop gig. The restaurants and bars are taken over by a lot of the companies. And uh, anyway, I know this it sounds like a lot of inside baseball, but those of you who can't go, if you look it up, and look at photographs well, and images from this show. It's quite fascinating. Go ahead, Bill. It's it's actually a very quiet, controlled venue and everything else. They, they they want people to be able to see everything. They don't want a bunch of deals being made on the floor. So this this stuff about the deals that are made in the bars and everything else, all of that precursor that uh, from 9 to 5 when the show is actually happening, everybody's planning to meet at this bar, this restaurant, and then they're going to discuss business. Yeah. And, uh it, it it goes on. It goes on all night long. There's parties all over the place. Everybody's throwing a party or something. And if you get invited to all the parties, well, you probably just won't sleep that week. Well, as I get older, I sleep that week. Okay. <laughs> but let me put it have this way. Have you ever mentioned how big the hotels are in the in, in Vegas when you have to walk around Sean Do you ever mention how big this place is? No, it's 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 cover. ginormous. Uh, just moving between. If you picture, if you if you've ever been, ladies and gentlemen, to Vegas, the Venetian and the Palazzo Hotel are attached. Okay, long hallways, restaurants, bars, shopping. You know the 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 gondolier rides, all that stuff. Right? I guess that's what you call it. I don't know. Upstairs, and it's quite fascinating. But yeah, you uh, you're moving between that, and and it's it's quite exhausting. And then again, when you throw a time yeah. change in on that, it's brutal. Uh, for example, I've got a. Uh, off-site vendor party at Monday at 8 o'clock after arriving at 12.55. Uh, 
8 o'clock is 11 o'clock my time. Now, I, I can't tell you the last time I woke up at 10 o'clock on the couch and went, ooh, I think I'm going to go out and have a drink and eat dinner. Well, that's what's getting ready to happen. Needless to say, when we come back, we'll talk some current events with Bill Frady, host of Lock and Load, and a bunch of other radio programs. We love Bill. He's going to be hosting the show for me next week. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Unmute my mic there. Defender Coffee, ladies and gentlemen, is the real deal. I start my day with it every day. I had a big, giant cup of it this morning because for some weird reason, I was up super early again, like 4 o'clock. It actually slept well, believe it or not. And grabbed a big old cup of Defender coffee. And I'll tell you what, every single time I drink it, I think about this. Because to me, it's such a no-brainer. When I can drink coffee and support the Second Amendment Foundation at the same time, why wouldn't you? How does that work? They provide a portion of the profits to the Second Amendment Foundation. If that's where you direct it to go, that's where I direct it to go. And I would recommend that. But you can also send it to Gun Owners of America and whatever else they have there. Great organizations, all of them. But, of course, yep, Second Amendment Foundation, near and dear to my heart, member of the Board of Directors of the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. Alan Gottlieb has been a guest on this program for many, many, many years. He and I are like brothers and sisters and dads and son and mentor and everything else. So if you can support the Second Amendment Foundation by drinking great coffee, that's a win-win. Visit DefenderCoffee.com and support the Second Amendment Foundation simply by drinking great coffee. If you drink coffee every morning, well, why not support the Second Amendment when you do it? It is Alan Gottlieb and that organization that are winning court cases across the country. In fact, just pulled out another one with 18 to 20-year-olds in Pennsylvania. And we'll talk more about that on Sunday. Let's go back to Bill Frady here in the Six Hour Studios. Daniel Defense Mike X Insurance presents it all. Bill, welcome back in, my friend. It's always a pleasure to have you. And I want to thank you in advance again for being here next week. Let's talk a little bit about... Uvalde. Are you familiar with the Uvalde report that came out, 575 pages, right? Yeah, you're chuckling about that. And here's why I mentioned that as a precursor to what we're getting ready to say. As you know, well, first of all, go ahead and comment on that report, because uh, Merrick Garland, who, okay, thank God he's not on the Supreme Court. But nonetheless, he laid blame at the foot of the cops at Uvalde, didn't he? Well, it did, and I'm not sure that's not where it should have gone, especially if you look right. at what happened in Nashville. I mean, in Nashville, that was the only reason it took 14 minutes to respond to Nashville was you have to cover space, and we haven't got the transporter beams to get in there any faster than that. Um, that should have never gone the way it went. They, I mean, in, in Texas, teachers can be armed, and the reason they were not armed in Uvalde is because of that police department. Well, we don't need you to. we got this police department here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, my, my, I, I don't, why did it take 600 pages? Why, why, what, what did they find that we don't know about besides the fact that they just stood there mustering in a hallway with all kinds of battle rattle and kid on and all this other stuff at an unlocked door? They didn't try. And they let uh, a rampage killer kill a bunch of kids. 
and they blamed law enforcement blamed and and here's where i'm going with this there's a sky news report out today that you may or may not have seen it doesn't matter i'll read you the headline now it tells you everything you need to know as uvalde failings are laid bare now ladies and gentlemen we talked about this yesterday on the broadcast Uvalde failings, as Uvalde failings are laid bare, and it was laid at the feet of law enforcement predominantly. Merrick Garland, the report doesn't mention gun control. Merrick Garland did, and in the statement that I read yesterday from Garland, I'll paraphrase now, well, we need more gun control, and one of the moms said it starts with the fact that an 18-year-old could buy an AR-15. But that was pretty much where where the gun control went. Now, let's listen to this Sky News headline, Bill knowing that the report laid blame at the cops. Now, we all know the Democrats are always going to want more gun control, but they laid blame where it belonged with the cops. As Uvalde failings are laid bare, what will the U.S. do about its gun laws? The report itself lays this at the foot of failed law enforcement. What will we do about its gun laws? Well, I don't know. Maybe law enforcement needs to change their gun laws? I don't know. I don't even know how to how to how to to parse that headline. Let's go there. Well, I mean, uh, the gun laws are being followed, right? In Uvalde, there were no t- armed teachers in the school mm-hmm. because of this police department who was in charge of everything. And we know from our reading that uh, the police do not have any individual duty to protect you, and you, and you, and you, anybody individually. They have no, there's no obligation for them to actually protect you and see to it that you live. Therefore, society at large, that's a Supreme Court decision. So every time they pass that off and say, well, you don't need guns because we got this police department here to take care of the school district. Um, well, we saw how that worked out. We saw how that worked out. That's not, and for some reason with schools like, uh, you know, down in Parkland, you had a, you had a resource, uh, resource officer there setting up a perimeter when the shooting was going on inside a building. And look, I, you know, I understand police officers are human. They're not superhumans or anything. They're not, uh, you know, they're not Rambo or anything else like that. And I, you know, depending on which department you're looking at, their training budget may be woefully inadequate and they may not know how to deal with certain things, but if you're going to throw it to them, then anybody that sits back and sits back and says, okay, that's the best idea to go. They never been there in the first opening minutes because how fast did they respond to Uvalde? Was it four minutes or eleven minutes or how long was it? I, I, right around mind. four or five minutes. But they, as you mentioned, they sat around for seventy-seven minutes and did right. nothing. Right. Seventy-seven minutes. If they'd gone in, if they'd gone in at four minutes, they might have saved somebody. Because that's that's yeah. the problem with rampage killers: time, uninterrupted time on a ramp with a rampage killer means more death for every. I think it was some college that did some study on it, Purdue or something like that. For every minute that a rampage killer has this pattern uninterrupted, you can count on a minimum of four people dying for every minute. So 77 minutes, I guess it's good. They contained him in one room at the very least, but that's not their job. That's not their job. So as far as gun control, gun control doesn't work. Gun control is uh, you cannot get out there and prohibit law-abiding people from doing things and expect crime to go down because law-abiding people are committing crime. So gun control is a false premise. It's a, it's a absolute. It's a it's an abysmal failure. It stops nothing. Stops so nothing. let's take this to David Hogg, <laughs> our favorite. <laughs> uh, uh, 
have it, boy. Have it, boy. David Hogg, who, David, if you're listening, go eat something. You need to eat. Eat yeah. something. Your feet are too big. You need to eat something. Have a couple cheeseburgers. Stop smoking so much. Yeah, stop smoking. Let, let's go to David Hogg. David Hogg put out a remarkable tweet yesterday. Remarkable tweet at 4.46 p.m. Eastern Time. After the Shuvaldi report came out, here's what it's, his tweet said. The cop in Parkland failed, meaning the deputy in Parkland. The army of cops in Uvalde failed. More cops will not end school shootings. First responders should always be a last resort and never the first. And I thought, is David Hogg actually coming around to our way of thinking? Then I guess he realized, well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I guess he realized, rut row, I don't want to delete it because I put it out there and I've got, you know, a lot of followers. So he followed up a few minutes later with the only thing that will end school shootings is enforcing the laws. We already have better supplying schools, local and state governments with the resources they need to prevent school shootings before they happen and strengthen our gun laws. To which I responded to David Hogg. Look, everyone, David Hogg, have it, boy, is telling you to arm schools without telling you to arm schools. Careful, David. You might have to flip sides. Go eat something. And then if you look through the responses, you literally just made an argument for why citizens should carry guns, David. You know, sometimes you've got one minute. Respond to what you heard from David Hogg on his tweet. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, David Hogg was he he his his uh, claim to fame is Parkland, which he wasn't even in the real building. But the thing that he's missing is that rampage shooters of that type go through these stages before the big day. They go through the warning signs, the preparation, the you know the the active shooting and the response and threat containment. You you know all that stuff. First, they, they plan it. They see it in their head. It's just like Audrey Hale. It's just like uh, that guy in Parkland. All of these guys, they have this thing in their head that you can't stop with gun control. We'll continue the conversation with Bill Frady when we come back. I do want to mention something that does a follow-up to what Bill just said, that David Hogg wasn't even in that building. And I want to get Bill's perspective on what I'm about to tell you when we come back. Don't go away. One more segment. segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. Yes, visit DanielDefense.com. I will actually be visiting DanielDefense.com in person on Tuesday and again on Wednesday. Daniel Defense is the real deal. Make sure to check them out at DanielDefense.com and support the Double D Foundation. Marty and Cindy Daniel are doing God's work supporting the youth shooting sports. Through the Double D Foundation, I have had the honor and the privilege of emceeing the annual Daniel Defense Banquet for three years and have helped them raise well over a million dollars for this great cause. Support them. The Double D Foundation. The Double and the letter D Foundation.org. Make sure to visit all of our partners. Do you have your goat guns yet? Pick them up. Use the promo code AAR. Get 10% right off the bat. They make great gifts. Valentine's Day is coming up. Great Valentine's Day gifts for kids, for wives, for husbands. If you've got a gun lover in your house, these things will become your new hobby, building these miniature toy goat guns. They are amazing. Goat guns. 
GoatGuns.com, GoatGuns.com. Also, HeavensHarvest.com for that emergency food supply you should have. And it's cold out, ladies and gentlemen. Have you picked up some cutting-edge firewood yet? How about that? Build a fire, smoke up your neighborhood in a smoker with their cooking wood or indoors, a fire pit inside, outside, whatever it is, and support the Second Amendment at the same time. It's a win-win all the way around. Visit armedamericanradio.com for all of our partners. Let's go back to Bill Frady. One more segment live with Bill. Excuse me. Bill, you mentioned something about David Hogg that I want to mention. And I want to bring it up in the context of an analogy. If you and I decide one Saturday, hey, Mark, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. Let's go shopping at a mall. And you and I decide to go to, oh, I don't know, North Point Mall in Alpharetta, Georgia. And you say, hey, I've got to go down to this end to the J.C. Penney's. I don't even know. I haven't been in a mall. Whatever the store is on one end. And I say, okay, I'm going to stay over on this end. And the whole mall is between us. While you're in J.C. Penney's at the end of the mall, a fire breaks out when a sofa spontaneously combusts and you happen to be sitting on furniture because you wanted to look at a recliner and all of a sudden the furniture department goes up in flames and you have to flee for your life yeah. so you don't die. In the meantime, the fire alarms go off in the entire mall. It's now being evacuated. I'm clear a quarter mile away down at Dillard's looking yeah. at socks. And I don't even know why the alarm's going off and I'm being rushed out the door. Am I a mall fire survivor or are you a mall fire survivor? I guess it depends on uh, what your, uh, you know, who political persuasion is and what the what the yeah. agenda yeah. is. Right. That, All I did was walk out in the parking lot. I like that comparison. I do like that comparison. I like that. Isn't comparison. isn't that where yeah. we're at with David Hogg? Isn't that what you were referring to? Well, yes. Well, he wasn't. A, yeah, he wasn't anywhere in there. He wasn't in the building. He sits so down there that, and makes out like he was, but he, he's, he's a, you know, it's like listening to John Kerry about his swift boat experiences. When oh, he got, boy, you're going back a ways. Thanks for that swift purple, boat. When he, got the, when, he got, when he got the purple harp of being slapped by the undergrowth as they flew underneath it in the boat just to keep the, the Kong from shooting at him, and he got the purple harp for being hit with some underbrush. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's... True story, that, ladies that, and gentlemen. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the kind of survivor he is. He's a swift boat survivor, just like John. Why hasn't the media discussed that? He wasn't even in the building. Well, because it's it's about the narrative, you know, and the the narrative that uh, they push the go. gun control narrative, like the you know the narrative that they push that gun control would stop this. With somebody like Cruz at Parkland, right? Because, and I, I know you may, and this is not a slide against anybody that does this, but I call the, I, I label the rampage killers by their name because they will take this from being, and while we're sitting out there saying, well, we don't want to give them any, any publicity. No, I'm not giving them publicity. I'm blaming them. I'm not blaming the gut. They want to blame the gut. They, I, I think sometimes when we go along, remember Colin Ferguson, mm-hmm. when, when, they, when he shot up the long, every time they talked about him on TV news, they showed a picture of his pistol instead of him. Mm-hmm. And it, you know we, you know we, we're t- the evil Colin Ferguson. They show a picture of a Ruger P eighty nine. It's not the gun. The gun is a tool. It, it's it's it, w- without any sort of uh, any sort of input by some human host. A gun is no more dangerous than a spoon, or a brick, or anything that can't move on its own. But the part that he leaves out, that most of these guys leave out, is we yeah we could try to stop these things. You know we got these five warning signs. 
unless you have armed teachers in a school or unless you have armed people in a school, you have response time because there's, they're just not. A, we vilified the cops. We've demonized them. It's, nobody wants to be a cop today. Everybody's understaffed. Nobody's coming. So if you're in a mall and you have a, you know, a, a spontaneous combustion and that's uh, to, uh, to, to hide the, uh, the terrorist attack that's about to happen, uh, don't call the cops. Draw your weapon and head for the access hallway and get out. And, and that's the part they, you know. Well, they every gloss time, over that because time. it's agenda driven, as you, as you yeah. just mentioned. It's purely agenda driven. Yeah. And, you know, there's a meme in the chat right now of David Hogg that I've seen <laughs> on the Internet for a long time. I'd like to thank all of my dead <laughs> colleagues at school for giving me my dream job, because that's what these mm. people do is dance in the blood of the victims. Cap dance. They, splash, they do. Splash. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 despicable. And I want to point this out, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to, as I mentioned at the beginning, we were talking about the shooting, hunting and outdoor trade show. I'm going to be attending the, the show Monday through Friday, and I will be spending the vast majority of my time with Parkland father, Ryan Petty, who lost his beautiful 14 year old daughter, Elena, and his two sons who lost their beautiful 14 year old sister. The three of us will be meeting with multiple vendors throughout the week at the Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show. Parkland father and two Parkland sons who understand everything Bill Frady just told you, that it is not the gun. It is the evil that chooses to use the gun. And that's not lost on me. And I have the honor and the privilege of knowing this family very, very well. I've gotten to know them very well over the years. And it's not the only Parkland father I know. Um, you know, it's, it's very difficult. But... When people like that stand up for your right to bear arms, says a lot, doesn't it, Bill? Well, it's a, it's a clear understanding of uh, what took their loved one, and without that, uh, <clears throat> without that clear understanding, then the problem never gets solved. Well, one of the things that makes me angry the most uh, with this is whenever we have a rampage killer that's a transgender nowadays, which. It, listen to me, Mark, Mark Walter. Transgender is a made-up term. Every time it's a, every time we have a, one of these uh, body dysphoria killers out there, uh, they want to sweep that under the rug, and we don't want to learn anything from that. We don't want to pull it apart and do an after-action review and try to figure out how to keep this from happening again because this is a protected class. That irritates me. That's what I was just going to say. It's a protected class, a protected class that's media-derived protected class and derived by the Democrats' protected class because the vast majority of that is Democrat. Hey, Bill, thank you, man. We're getting ready to end this yes, hour sir. of the program, and I'm looking forward to uh, to putting up the podcast version of the show every day while I'm out in Vegas. And thank you very much for being here today and giving us a little bit of background on who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll be hearing Bill Frady sitting in for me while I'm out there in Las Vegas doing some work behind the scenes to try to make the show better bring you more very very cool stuff and there's a lot on the table i can promise you that i'm excited about going out there for the first time in a long time bill and i've, I've just as long as i don't come home as they say with that shot show crud which I, I think i'll be okay been preparing for it in advance so bill i'm looking forward to it ladies and gentlemen you've got a real treat bill frady coming in next week he's going to make the show his own as only bill frady can do it and he's going to bring his version of lock and load and his version of what he does and how he covers these issues to the program 
on Armed American Radio's Daily You've Defense. So, Bill, thank you very much. Real quick, before we hear Mark the music, Walters where can people find you? By X Insurance. X Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. Uh-huh. 